penalties, whole life, and special provision, all on today's Fedna Babble. This is Fedna Babble, where Kevin and Cassie make federal retirement benefits understandable for humans like you. These two don't hold back as they answer questions from the FedPilot workshops and webinars or from questions submitted by you at FedNababble.com. Hello, hello, Kevin. How are you? Hello, fabulous. How are you, Cassie? Wonderful. I'm good. Okay, so what's the first question today? Here we go. Oh, did you see that if you wait to take Medicare Part B when you retire, there is a penalty? So I just want to point out. What was that? Oh, I said, do you remember that show we did where we talked about Medicare Part B? Yep, yep, yep. Yep. Um, first off, I would just want to say when they say, did you say it's because I just, just for people who are new watching, we take these from workshops that I do from FedPilot. And so when you say, when it says, did you say, or I'm literally taking the questions that they ask during the webinar and just plopping them in <laughs> and, and I'm really not yeah. editing them at all. So, uh, that's, that's why it's kind of worded that way, but yeah, part B uh, I'm looking at the question here. Is there a penalty for Part B when you retire? So there is a there's an enrollment period, and then enrollment period is it seven or eight months? Seven, I think it's seven months around the the time that you turn 65. Is that right? So it it is. Hold the phone. It is three months. <laughs> Three months. Oh, let me see. Look, get the camera here. Three months there. before the month, right? That of your birthday. It is the month of your birthday, and then the three months after your birthday. After. So there's a seven-month period at age sixty-five. Right. However, for employees who have FEHB and continue working, right, they have a special enrollment period at retirement if they separate after age 65 as well for part B because you don't need it while you're still working. Um, if you have employer sponsored coverage, um, you don't need it if you're not working, if you have employer sponsored coverage, (laughs) but essentially if you're an employee, you don't have to sign up and you don't get that special enrollment period until after you retire. And then it's an eight month enrollment period once you've separated from service. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So, but, so I want to add one more in there as well, because there's really, when this is all around the enrollment period, is there a penalty? Well, it depends if you get in the enrollment period and there are three way, three Mm -hmm. different, Enrollment periods. Enrollment period number one is around your 65th birthday, like you said. Number two, yep, that's your if, if you period. if you've already retired, right? Then yep. there's then there's also if you work past 65, it's eight months after you retire. Then, yes. there is also if you are working. Let's say let's say that you retire. But you're married to another federal employee, and there's and your spouse is working, and you're covered under that. You don't have to take Part B if you're under FEHB that way, and then um, and and until your spouse is off, or until your spouse retires. 
because you're covered under well, that plan thing, as well. Even as a federal employee, a retired federal employee, you still have FEHB. Or That's true. Some do. But it's not considered an employee-sponsored plan at that point when you retire. But if you're on your spouse's, it is. then it is. It is. Because the government still covers a portion of the premium, even in retirement. Right. So it's still an true. employer-sponsored program. So even if they decide, you know what, I have FEHB, whether they're retired or employed, and they decide not to sign up for Medicare at their 65th birthday, or upon retirement, if it, they retire after age 65, then they there's not an they can avoid the penalty by filling out special documents. Like it's really hard to explain this um, without going into a specific person's scenario. Sure. Um, because there are a lot of different rules in Medicare, just like there are a lot of different rules right. in the federal program. Right. <laughs> um, but the Part B enrollment penalty, if you don't fill out the correct paperwork when you do try and get into Part B and you're after and, and you're not signing up in an election period, then there's a it can be up to 10% of each 12 month period, you could have been enrolled in part B, but didn't right. sign up. Right. But that goes back to which enrollment period and what age and, and there's a lot of different factors. So I would highly recommend going and talking to a Medicare specialist in your area. Um, if you don't have one, please reach out to us because I do have uh, connections to Medicare specialists for people and folks all over the country. Um, so definitely wanna make sure that we understand this so that way we're not subject to the penalty because if you don't fill out the form for the employer sponsored program, when you do decide to um, enroll and it's not in a in a enrollment period, like a special enrollment period or initial enrollment period, if you're just trying to stand up you know, like during the annual enrollment period or open enrollment season, then we need to, there's some extra steps to take uh, to, to help with that process. And it's I'll, really I'll just confusing. Add to that. It is. I'll just <laughs> add that, that just to clarify that 10% per 12 month period, basically per year that you're out is for the rest of your life. It's not just, oh, there's a penalty. Yes. It's, it's every month for the rest of your life. That's huge. Yeah, huge, very much so. Um, and you know, I I actually did Medicare for a little while uh -huh. and as a Medicare insurance representative and it was crazy to me that people didn't think they needed Medicare. Right. Um, even with FAC right. until they get older and you need it. And it's and then too late without there, a penalty. <laughs> it would be if we didn't fill out the right forms, they didn't understand. They just thought, oh, well, I'll have a penalty. And so I would never sign up. Right. And it wasn't until they got in contact with me and the, the other gal where they realized, oh, I could have signed up five years ago and saved myself so much more money because right. there is a way to avoid the penalty if I'm in the FEHB program. Right. Um, but they didn't know that. 
So as a federal employee, if you have FEHB, then you can avoid that penalty. You just got to take the right steps to do it. Yeah, and I'll add one more thing to that because you brought up a really good point. A lot of people come to the workshops that I hold and they say, you know what, I don't need Medicare, I've got FEHB, or flipped. They say, I'm only gonna do Medicare, I don't need FEHB anymore. And then what happens is, is if they go through that, then they get to a certain point and they realize, actually, you know what? I may want to do that. And and if you drop FEHB, you never get it back. So you don't even have a choice. So it's you ha, federal employees have to know this now. They have to learn this now way before they retire and put the plans in place so that they can avoid mm-hmm. all the penalties. So they can avoid not not being able to get back into FEHB anymore. And 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 we're yeah. only talking a small subset right now of their benefits that they get. This that concept right. goes with everything they've got to know all of this beforehand before they get themselves in so many jams that they didn't even know were coming yeah people think oh well i'll just suspend uh fehb well you can only do that for certain medicare programs as well so it's a very very um uh, do your due diligence to make sure that you are taking the correct steps for your plan right And yep. that's putting those different pieces together. So um, we're getting low on time. I just yeah, realized. Yeah. Let's move on to the next question. There's a lot Look more that. we can talk about that topic. <laughs> now this this question, I don't know the answer to. I, I I'm I'm good with federal benefits, but with outside private benefits, personally, I'm not as good at. So this is. This is for you, Cassie. What's the difference between whole life and universal life policies? First off, I, I want to say none of that is in Fegley. None of that is anything that the government can nope. give you. So this is completely nope. private, a, a question about private life insurance and not Fegley. But federal employees wonder about this all the time. So what do you think? Yeah, especially for young kids or parents like me. So yeah. Um, I will dabble a little bit into this, but again, we could spend 20 minutes talking about this because there are several different types of each one of these um, plans, right? So whole life is what's called traditional life insurance. It's a plan, it's a set it and forget it kind of policy where you're okay, I have $50,000 worth of coverage or a hundred thousand or more, you know, whatever that coverage looks like and you pay a premium and that's what it is. Now, there are different features and riders that you can add to a whole life policy um, that may be beneficial and that can vary from company to company, okay? Universal life is another type of whole life insurance, but it's not traditional because there are different options that you can choose on universal life insurance. and there are different ways that it works. So there's regular universal life insurance, which has two different options, and that will depend on the kind of um, premium options that you have. And then there's indexed universal life policies, which are they they are kind of like how do I? They're they're a hybrid between 
regular universal life and variable universal life policies because there's variable universal life policies too. And so there are a lot of different um, types of life insurance, even between these two, because mm -hmm. there's a, going back to whole life, now that I think about it, there's there's other life insurance, um, whole life type policies that may work for somebody. And so, so <laughs> this so, is a question so that they really have to talk to somebody who, is working right. with them to determine what is the best plan for them. So what I hear from that, because I'm no expert in this in this section right here, it's stupid complicated. <laughs> because as I listened to you, I thought, wow, okay, well, there's that and, and, and there's that. So really there, there are two types of life insurance. There's temporary and permanent, if you want to look at it that way. And whole life is a subset of permanent and universal life is a subset of whole life and there are different yeah. and, and 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 it just goes on and on and on and it's and, and i think that's where people get confused it's like okay i hear all these things i don't know what they are mm -hmm. and trying to explain them without any context it is is maddening almost and so really yeah, someone has to be able to sit down and say okay well, I mean, and really it, it's for, for example, for me, I would have to go in and talk to someone and say, all right, let's talk life insurance. They say, and they would have to say, okay, what is your situation? That way I can narrow it down and let's talk about how this affects you specifically. Then around that context, I would understand it, but kind of, kind of as an amorphous thing out there, it's really difficult to understand. Really difficult. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, as a licensed um, insurance agent, when somebody would come to me and say, tell me about life insurance, it would be like, okay, what is your situation? You tell me about your situation so I can tell you about the plans that are going to work for you because right. I can tell you about all of this different type of life insurance plans. I can go into the different strategies and all of these different things and I can make myself look really smart. But none of that <laughs> matters if the plan or the life insurance that we're talking about, you're not going to qualify for. You've just wasted my time and your time. Right. 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 So yep. employees, if you're looking into different types of life insurance, go talk to somebody who is going to ask you questions about yourself. Yes. Your debt, your income, yes. your personal, um, uh, you know, situation what does that look like for you you know do you have kids are you married are you you know single with a dog what does that look like for you because all of those different factors are going to put into place what that recommendation should be or could be for you so if somebody's not asking you those questions find another life insurance representative because you've got to go into those numbers in those situations before they can yeah. make any sort of recommendation and I think that's that's good advice for every benefit that federal employees get. You can't look yeah. at it and just say, what is right for me? No, you you even your pension, you have to dive in and understand what your situation is before any recommendations could be made. It, it, you just yeah. have to. That's okay. one thing I love about our trusted, our trusted advisors and our network is they, um, they're able to ask, ask the questions that need to be asked. 
first they're going to find out where you're at, right? They're going to yep. go through that uh, process and, and meet with you and get the benefits report to you. And then they're probably going to talk into more of those situational questions that are going to, you know, if you want to, to learn more, then they're going to be able to answer those questions for you because they're finding out those personal um, or personal answers. So that's right. Okay. We're almost out of time. <laughs> okay. But this is one is an easy one. This is this is pretty quick. Right? Yeah. So Who is the special provision first for Right. Special provision. So I think I think what they're asking is in 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 the workshop we cover special provision FERS pension calculation, right? Who gets the special okay. provision FERS calculation and it's special provision employees, which include on on a general level, law enforcement, air traffic controllers, and firefighters, federal firefighters. That's and how, customs and border protection. And, and then I was going to say, right, right. So, so then, yes. right. So there is CBP, some of them as well, could, because, but they weren't, but now they are considered special provision. They and are so now. there's a whole bunch of. Yep. There's a whole bunch of stuff in that piece right there. But overall, law enforcement, air traffic controllers, and firefighters is basically what we're talking about. And and in our workshops, people will say, oh, wait, I, I want to be a special provision then. How do I, you know, what make, can, <laughs> might I already be a special provision and not even know it? No. <laughs> you, you know if you're a special oh provision. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yes, you would definitely know. Because there is uh, more, there are different rules right, for special provision right. employees. Um, whereas they like they can't be hired after a certain age. They can only um, work until a certain age um, or for a certain number of years, depending yep. on when they got hired. Of course, there's a whole lot of that that we can get into as far as exceptions um because those people are are not those people but those employees oh, special provision employees <laughs> <laughs> well they have so many different um the government pulls strings more for for yeah. that group yep there are there are some great exceptions some things that special provision employees get that no one else gets. Um, but at the same time, there are certain restrictions on uh, special provision employees that aren't for regular mm -hmm. FERS employees as well. So it's, you're right, That's it's right. all over the place. So if there are any special provision uh, employees listening, watching, oh my goodness, there, if you don't know the rules, and, and, and a lot of people don't know them, a lot of people, especially HR, they just like, oh yeah, you're an exception. This is how it works for you. And they don't understand the the impact on the back end. So you've got to be no. able to talk to someone who understands that for sure. Yep. So sign up to get a report because yep. we're going to help you with all of those exceptions because typically if there's an exception, then there's an exception to the exception. <laughs> we're fighting it and it's we're true. able to give that. Yeah. Uh, we're, yeah. we're giving all that information back to uh, the advisors in our trusted network, and we're going to to give them all of that information so that way they can come to you and explain it to you, the employee, and be able to help help you uh, and guide you through 
you know, what that looks like. So again, okay. we're out of time, Kevin. We have yep. hit, <laughs> we've hit the max again. Yes. All right. Yes. All right. Thanks, Good Cassie. Stuff. Take care, everyone. Yep. Take care. See you have next time. To get Cassie's comprehensive report on your federal retirement benefits at no cost, no obligation, and no sales pitch, go to fednababble.com. While you're there, submit a question for them to answer on the show.